Bite of Courage is about ordinary people aspiring to live their best life by overcoming vulnerability and fear. It's about finding our courage and sharing our stories so we can be who we're truly meant to be and discovering in the process that we're a lot more similar than we are dissimilar. To listen, go to biteofcourage.com or your favorite podcast app. everyone. Welcome back to Bite of Courage. My guest today is Ray. And eight and a half years ago, he received a phone call after his partner was pulled over for a moving citation. Taken to jail and detained for 30 days, his partner, who was an illegal immigrant, was deported. Ray and his partner, who have been together now for 14 years, have been separated longer than they were ever together, but their love for each other is as strong as ever. Welcome, Ray. Thanks so much for being here today. Thank you for having me, Mo. Before we get into your story, I'd like to ask you the same question I ask all of my guests, and that is, what is your definition of courage? My definition of courage sounds simple, but it's really hard to do because it means I have to be willing to move out of my comfort zone so I could pursue joy. You're right. It actually sounds quite inviting too when you put the pursuing joy part in there. But if I have to get out of my comfort zone by jumping over a pit of fire breathing snakes, (laughs) I might be perfectly happy being miserable, you know? Well, I remember when I first asked you to do this podcast, you were just about to take a trip to see your partner and you had an unexpected flood of emotions come over you. Can you tell me more about that? What were you feeling at the time? Well, Every time I'm getting ready to go see my partner, I need all the courage in the world to go through with it. We've been together 14 years, and unfortunately, because he was deported, we've been separated for over eight of them. So I go back and forth to see him, but every time I'm leaving to go visit, I also have to face the fact that I'm going home without him. You know, it's a funny thing, too, because... When he picks me up from the airport, he cries. When he drops me off, I cry. (laughs) (laughs) And when we spend time together, we both cry because we know how short a time is together. It's not all that sad. It's actually very romantic and magical. But it's the hardest thing I've ever had to do in my life. Leave the person I love the most behind. That's heartbreaking to hear. I can relate to leaving someone I love and a prolonged separation. And of course, long distance certainly adds another dimension of difficulty to a relationship. But maintaining a relationship under the circumstances you've just described seems like it might feel possible at times. Sometimes it does seem impossible and overwhelming. So how do you manage that? How do you find the courage to go through with it each time, knowing that you're going to feel that way when you have to come home without them? How do you get through it? I'd like to think of myself as being courageous, but I'm a gay man of color who's been through more than I care to remember in the last eight or nine years. I lost my father, an aunt, an uncle, and my partner due to deportation. My dog, my house, my car, my job. And at times, my courage. Let's just say life isn't what I imagined it would be at middle age. But what's the alternative? I mean, 
I manage because I have my faith, my family, my friends by my side, and I know how blessed I am. So I just keep putting it in God's hands because I know he has a plan for me, for both of us. I'm really grateful for all of it and for the joy that seeing my partner brings me. Being with him for even short periods of time is something I look forward to. It gives you hope. Yeah, it gives me a lot of hope. And it sounds like building your courage comes from things like your faith, your family, your friends, your being grateful. Yeah. And of all the things I've gone through, being separated is definitely the most difficult thing I've faced that I'll continue to face for an indefinite amount of time. But our time together is truly quality time and the joy it brings me far outweighs the pain. So I just keep putting it in God's hands and appreciate that every moment is a gift. And if you accept that life is a gift, you can't pick and choose, right? You have to accept all of it and the good, the bad, and everything in between. And the ugly, don't forget the ugly. (laughs) (laughs) And finding things to constantly be grateful for helps a lot. It pushes me to look for joy in the ordinary moments every day. Things I probably took for granted. Do you think maybe that your partner's getting deported has redefined what being grateful means to you? Absolutely. Are there things that you do actively every day to practice gratitude, like writing in a journal or praying? I think sometimes stepping out of your own pain and helping others is a great way to put aside what you're going through to maybe help somebody else that is going through something more difficult than what you are really makes you grateful for what you have and maybe what somebody else doesn't have. That's a great way to put it. If you could just muster 20 seconds of courage inside yourself to step outside of your comfort zone, it takes you out of your head and you forget what seems so bad or feels so bad to you in, in that moment. It's like people that start jogging. You know, they always say start with one block and then two blocks. You know, it's kind of the same thing. 20 seconds of courage one day might turn into 20 hours of courage the next day. You just never know. And then it might just become second nature. Right. And then it just might become something that is a significant part of your everyday life. I've actually found too that the more I practice gratitude, the more courageous I become about doing the things that scare me, which is what you just said, courage actually makes me forget sometimes that I'm even scared. So I guess that's progress. Yeah, for instance, I'm grateful that I'm able to see my partner and my love for him definitely gives me the courage to get on that plane every time because each experience deepens our love and commitment to each other. Mm. I just know I don't want to miss out on the chance to keep growing in our relationship. And like I said, the joy far outweighs the pain greater the risk, the greater the reward. That's really true. And that also sounds like part of the magic you talked about too, moving toward experiences that have the greatest potential for joy is truly an act of courage, especially when we're feeling our most vulnerable and maybe even more so when we know that the experience may ultimately be bittersweet like you do when you go to and from to see him. Yeah. You know, joy is a great motivator for getting out of your comfort zone. Yeah, that's so true. And I know immigration is a hot button issue, but I would like to address it and ask how you feel about it. Was it always in the back of your mind when you and your partner started dating? 
We never really talk much about his legal status in this country. You know, deportation is a taboo conversation to have with most illegal immigrants. So did you ever ask him about it? I remember asking him once or twice why he hadn't applied for legal residency here. And what did he say? He told me that since he overstayed his visa, the penalty was not only with money, but possibly never being able to return to the United States. And for him, that was a price too risky to take. Even though it's always in the back of your mind, you go on living your everyday life. You never think that your loved one is that one person who's going to get caught and deported. I recently met someone that is undocumented. She came on a vacation, but from China. She met her husband in the late 90s and never left. They now have children and haven't been back home to see her mother and father in 20 years. I asked her, how does she do it? How does she get through the pain of being separated from her loved ones? What did she say? She told me she carries that pain around with her every day. Do you think sometimes illegal immigrants want to get caught for that reason? You know, that's funny because she actually told me once that she almost wants to get caught so she could get sent back home to China because she desperately wants to see her family again, but she loves our country and the life it's given her. But she knows if she leaves, she won't be able to return. That's what most people don't realize. Most undocumented immigrants want legal status because they have hopes and dreams of living a better life. Sure. And they want to be able to return home to their native country. She told me she feels like she only works in the United States, but she hasn't really lived in the fullest sense of the word since she was in China. That was the most moving thing I've ever heard in my life. So basically, she doesn't feel whole because a huge part of her emotionally is stuck in another country. I so related to that. I can totally relate to that too. Is that, that's how you feel sometimes? Yeah, half of me is here and the other half of me is always in Mexico with my partner. While your circumstances are different, I can relate to sometimes feeling less whole because my heart is stuck somewhere else. And while I'm happy about the choices I've made, particularly as a a wife and a mom, it reminds me of something you said earlier about your life not being what you imagined it would be at middle age. And what I've realized is that in order to be the person I'm still becoming, I have to open up the parts of me now that have been shut down. So I have access to all the things that'll make me a better version of myself, you know, when I get to middle age. What's the alternative? Yeah, that's the real challenge of middle age, isn't it? When life grabs you by the balls, looks you in the eyes and says, I'm not kidding around. You got to work this stuff out. I guess I'm learning that the vulnerability I've tried so hard to deny or cover up is actually the greatest source of my power and my ability to grow. I mean, courage really is the birthplace for change and growth and creativity and innovation, but I know it's so much easier said than done. So thank you for having the courage to make yourself so vulnerable and talk about these incredibly personal things, especially about such a hot topic right now. You also said earlier that you want to see yourself as being courageous, but, and then You followed it up with being a gay man of color, as if maybe being courageous should be denied to you because of that. How would you feel 
if instead of feeling like you have to define yourself as being a gay man of color, someone gave you permission to define yourself as just being an honest, kind-hearted, courageous human being, how would that feel? Foreign. <laughs> Foreign. No pun intended. Yeah, right. Um, it would feel great because I'm actually starting to believe that about myself. Mm. The more I meet people that are going through difficult times, and not only on the topic of deportation, but being separated by somebody they love, whether it was due to death or mm. my circumstance, it really does put everything into perspective. Yeah, because it's like pain is pain. It The context may be different, variations on the same theme, but as human beings, we can all relate to pain and suffering and loss and distance and separation and so forth. So it doesn't matter if you're in China or Mexico or the United States, everyone can relate to what pain and suffering feels like and not being able to be with a person that you love. Absolutely. Yeah. Well then by the podcast powers vested in me on the internet, I hereby <laughs> give you permission. I guess too, I'm at a point where I, I'm trying not to qualify or apologize for myself either. I. I'm not just um, a mom or a wife, but I do hear a lot of women, myself included, apologizing for having an opinion or having a voice. Right after I say something honest and awesome, I follow it up with something like, I'm sorry, that's just the way I feel. I qualify it with the words, I'm sorry. And it completely diminishes or negates all the good stuff that came before it. So I'm trying really hard to be mindful of that and not do it and just accept a compliment or be gracious and say thank you for something, even though internally I may feel insecure about it. Yeah, I'm too old for that at this point in my life. This is me, take it or leave it. I've gone through so much in my life that it's time for me to accept who I am. Yeah. And it's not like I think apologies aren't necessary. And I'm certainly not above apologizing. I have to make amends to people. But I try to reserve apologizing for times when I've been less than kind, as opposed to having an opinion about something. And fortunately, I have a strong group of support in my family and friends who have the courage to call me out on stuff and help me work through things like this and, and teach me how to say I'm sorry when it's genuinely appropriate, which is humbling, but it's extremely gratifying. And like you said, it's about just accepting who I am at this point in my life. Totally agree with you. Apologizing is important, but I think you're right. That's the hard part. We shouldn't apologize for how we feel, but we have to remember to give our opinion with kindness. Yeah, it's all about tone, isn't it? Absolutely. <laughs> and also, I gained a lot of strength and courage from my family and friends too, and from all of their experiences. Even through periods of pain and depression, I haven't lost my sense of humor or my ability to help other people, whether in prayer or conversation. I like to let people know they're not alone in the struggle, and I try to make them laugh. Yeah, that having a sense of humor is so important. Everyone wants to be seen and heard and validated, and it makes people feel like they matter. Exactly. Courageous people to me are people who 
fought the fight before me, who've made it easier for me. And the people who fight the good fight now would a lot less than what I have. Mm. I'm very grateful and very lucky to connect with people like this who've shown me how to find my courage and leave my comfort zone so I can pursue joy. Do you have any advice for people who might be struggling with separation or loss? Or like you said, someone who doesn't feel whole because a huge part of who they are is stuck in another place emotionally. Practicing gratitude and most importantly, putting yourself first. Mm. Some people would think putting yourself first is selfish. No, because I think about being on an airplane and having to put your oxygen mask on first. Because if I don't have my oxygen Mm -hmm. mask on first, how am I going to help you? It's a funny analogy. When kids are little, they want everything now. And I used to say them all the time. If mom doesn't get oxygen first, same thing with food. If I don't get my food first, I am super cranky. Let me eat and then I will feed you. Thank you. And I've heard this tagline before and I think about it a lot, especially when I'm feeling uncourageous or vulnerable. If you can't love yourself, how are you going to love somebody else? Yeah. And it's true. And it sounds, it sounds very cliche and modern age kind of thing, but it is true. And I'm also learning when I say no to someone else, I'm saying yes to myself. When somebody asks me to do something, if I can't do it, I don't fib or lie about it. It's like, let me check. Let me get back to you. Thank you for including me. Thank you for inviting me, but I'm not going to be able to make it. I need to create more space in my life. And the only way to do that is to say yes to myself. And self-care is really important. You know, there comes a point in your life where no matter how uncomfortable it feels, you have to be the example especially for people that you love. Mm. And I used to take this for granted, but it's become even more important to me, especially because I have children. I want them to see that rest and play is really important. That to me is part of self-care. They have to see that it's okay to just sit on the couch and relax and watch TV if that's what they want to do for a little bit. I mean, everything within reason and with balance, but I don't want them to feel like every time mom's at home, it's, I got to be doing something because that's the way I grew up feeling. Like when I worked at McDonald's, if you have time to lean, you have time to clean. Well, that was sort of the same (laughs) philosophy in my house growing up. You got to look busy. You got to be looking like you're productive and doing something productive. Being at rest or playing is being productive. And it's, it's, it helps you to rejuvenate and restore yourself, I think. And I want my, I want it. You're right. I want to be an example of that for my own children. Oh, that's such good advice that they'll pass on to their kids or friends. And I love how honest and completely vulnerable you are, Ray. I, I think sometimes if I'm honest and I admit to feeling vulnerable, it'll be perceived as a sign of weakness. But when I hear someone else do it, like you've done today, all I can think is how courageous you are and I really admire you for it. So, I mean, it makes me want to take more risks. No pain, no gain. Yeah. (laughs) Right? I mean, I know that sounds like something we've heard our entire lives, but I think it's so true. 
It doesn't have to be super painful. Like you said, it's the discomfort. It's finding 20 seconds out of your day to just be a little bit uncomfortable. And even if if you have any desire to improve yourself and you can get out of your comfort zone, like you said, so you can pursue joy, that's life altering to me because if you can find that 20 seconds to just take to improve your own life, if that just means saying hello to somebody walking into the store or down the street or catching the bus, if you can just look up and look into somebody's eyes and say hello, that to me is getting out of my comfort zone. Absolutely. And I think this too, sometimes you have to give your own self encouragement. And sometimes in those 20 seconds, you can give that back to yourself. Mm -hmm. And it's funny because I just came back from a trip and usually I need a little, a little help while I'm flying or getting on a plane in the form of a prescription medication. (laughs) (laughs) And I messaged my doctor a little too late. And unfortunately, what I needed usually to fly wasn't available to me, my prescription. And I was terrified I was not going to be able to make it through that plane ride. So how did you get through it? I had that 20-second speech with myself. I can get through this. I'm going to get through this. What I'm going to see on the other side of that, that's the joy. That's where the joy kicks in. Mm. That's what helped me get through it. I love the gratitude, Ray. When someone can humbly admit that they're struggling and still be grateful, that's pretty powerful and it's healing to see and to hear. So thank you for that. You're welcome. I'm going to shift gears a little bit at the end of each show. I do a round of rapid fire questions. Are you up for that? Oh, exciting. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, here we go. Favorite sound? People laughing at my jokes. (laughs) (laughs) Favorite smell? The ocean. Favorite food? My mom's home-cooked food. Favorite type of music? Disco. Yeah. If you really wanted someone to know you, what would you want them to know? That I'm loving, that I'm giving, and that I'm strong. If you could master one skill right now, what would it be? I would love to be a little more handy. I want to build some cabinets. <laughs> oh. In retrospect, do you have any regrets? I want to say I don't have any regrets, but I wish my younger self would have prepared a little bit more for my future middle-aged self. And what about with your partner? Can't help who you fall in love with, but now that the consequences are playing themselves out, is there anything you wish you could have done differently back then? Yeah, I wish we would have talked to somebody with a little more experience or knowledge of the legal system and how to navigate it better. But hindsight is 2020, you know, yes. and now we're suffering the consequences of not being as courageous as we are now. Well, it's it's awesome that you acknowledge that. And instead of fighting it and being defensive about it, you just accept where you're at and figure out how to do it better going forward. 
yeah, do it, doing it better for yourself and hopefully for other people. Yeah. Any advice for how people can find the courage to admit they're feeling vulnerable? Yeah, just admit that you're feeling vulnerable. <laughs> that there's people there that well, want to help. Yeah. Well, how simple is that? Right? Yeah, that's awesome. Most influential person in your life today? For me, that's an easy one. That is my mother and all the strong women who helped raise me. And what's next? What's the impossible task ahead of you that's calling you to be courageous? Well, my dream is to definitely reconnect and live with my partner again full time. That is definitely a goal and a dream of mine. Well, it sounds like you're taking all the right steps to to do that for now. Yeah. And taking care of myself in the process of it, not going back to being scared and vulnerable, but to live in my courage. Love that. And what do you want to be remembered for? Uh, I hope people remember me as being someone who was always willing to help other people because really that's what it's all about. Our relationships with the people we love and that love starts with self-love, something that we have to work on every day. And I hope to pass that idea down to my nephews and niece. I want them to see no matter what life throws at them, if they love themselves first, That'll give them the courage to help and inspire other people to be loving and courageous in their lives, too. Being the reason why someone else doesn't give up is a beautiful way to be remembered. Thank you so much. Thank you. For anyone who'd like to talk after the show, please don't hesitate to pop over to the comments section at biteofcourage.com. Until next time, be bold, be brave, be daring, and... Take a bite of courage. See you next week. Thanks everyone for tuning in to Bite of Courage. If you'd like to learn more about my guests or you'd like to leave a comment, please go to biteofcourage.com or leave a review on your favorite podcast app. Don't forget to check out my blog, humormewithmo.com, where I write about finding humor in life's absurdities. Until next time, be bold, be brave, be daring, and take a bite of courage. This is a trio production, all rights reserved.